It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Together, we're the Lockdown Bengals Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button, so we're delivered to your eyes and ears first thing when we drop our episodes every day. And we're going into a very full week of content next week, James. We'll have our regularly scheduled programming, plus an episode after each day of the draft. At least, if they do something crazy, there might be even more content. What if they trade for Debo Samuel, James? Look at you. Look at you. Oh, my God. Where's my hot take chain? Hey, question. T. Higgins for Debo Samuel. Who says no? Three, two, one. Our first question in our mailbag today, James, comes from (laughs) Bengal fan forever, at Forever Bengal. He wants to know, James, will the Bengals draft for need, best player available, or what What do you think? First two days, will they make any other moves or pickups after drafting? And also, uh, I'm just going to read the last part of this question verbatim. Morgan Juice Stanley. I love it. I love it. Throw all the shade at Jake. And that's two different versions of shade. Stanley Morgan Jr., you always call him Morgan Stanley because I don't know why. You're thinking about investments and insurance or whatever the hell Morgan Stanley does. They can sponsor the show, and I'll actually look it up. Uh, but I know what Stanley Morgan Jr. does, and I also know what Juice does. It hydrates us, uh, but it is not sauce as in a mod sauce gardener, so I love the shade. So shout out to Bengal Fan Forever for that. Uh, before we dive in, in my, I actually answer this question. I am going to say we haven't gotten up to this point of recording any Debo Samuel questions. So that's actually a good thing. I think that means that we have smart listeners. Uh, now, with that said, let's dive in. Um, I do think that they, I think they're going to draft best player available in both rounds. Okay. I don't think they're going to draft for a need. And, and let me explain the logic. I think they want to draft a corner. In the first round, 31st overall, there is also a scenario, and I'm not saying it's realistic, but I could see it where they enter that third round. The third round begins, and they haven't taken a cornerback. And I would think that they would think that that's their biggest need if there is, as far as like long-term view, short-term view, whatever it is. But I think there is a scenario where they don't take a cornerback with the first two picks. It might not be likely, but I, I think there's a chance. And so... Is it best player available or is it need? I think there's always a mix and they want to mix the two. But if I had to pick one, especially with where they're drafting at the end of each round, I don't think they have a choice. I think they're going to have to go best player available. That doesn't mean they're going to take a quarterback, but I think there's like five different positions that they could take at 31. You know, when you talk about offensive line, center guard, that's one position. Tight end, probably not, but it is a need. So maybe in round two, that could be best player available. 
uh, interior defensive line, cornerback, safety, edge. I mean, so there, there's at least five there and six if you count tight end in round two. So I, I think there's a lot of ways they could go, and I'm going to say best player available. Yeah, I think it'll be best player available within a group of positions. I think that if there are similarly graded wide receiver versus any defensive player, essentially, the tiebreaker linebacker. Is, I think even linebacker, the tiebreaker is going to the defensive player. If they pass on Chris Olave for a linebacker, I'm going to fight people. <laughs> we, could, <laughs> we could have a fun show with that, I guess. Yeah. But I, I would... I'm not saying Chris Olave, but maybe sure. it's it's another. And he won't be there. And he won't be there for the very moment. very likely would not. But there are a lot of good first round wide receivers. I think the over under on wide receiver is six and a half or or seven and a half. One of the two. And Hammer so, the over. Uh, not if it's seven and a half. It's probably. it's. I think it's five and a half at best. Six and a half. I'm hammering the over. I think seven. If, if it's five and a half, yeah, I, I I like the over as well. But point is. It's going to be what it always kind of is for this team, except for maybe the Billy Price pick, where they're going to to draft the BPA within a certain set of positions that they think marries up value and need as best as best they can, right? Because if BPA is is narrowly a wide receiver versus an edge player, which is something that could definitely happen, I think they'll go to the edge player or the interior defensive lineman to to your point or any of those defensive positions you mentioned in Olave would be the exception where he could end like there's a chance he's like the 10th player on their board and could yeah, be and it, far and away the best right. player available you know so that if it's Burks well okay they're not they're well but not. we don't know what their yeah. board looks like either sure. like my, my point is only if they're close on their board yes. tiebreaker is going Tie- to defense yeah yeah, or, or the offensive lineman or whatever, over wide receiver, of course, especially yes. in that scenario. But speaking of defense, our next question comes from my man Andre Edwards. Shout out to Andre. I know he's a loyal listener at who day or at Andre Edwards 06. He's who day Dre on Twitter. The last time the Bengals drafted defense in the first four rounds was in 1998, Andre, by the way, because you didn't include the year. You were old enough to remember that old man. Uh they took Takeo Spikes, Brian Simmons, and uh, oh, I almost said Andrew Hawkins, Artrell Hawkins, who I used to work with, and Steve Foley. What are the chances that this is the next draft that that happens? Jake, do you think they go defense with their first four picks? I think that's too many picks. I don't think it'll be four straight defensive players to start the draft, but I could easily see two straight defensive players to start the draft. I think it'll be similar to the last couple of years where they went opposite of their free agency approach in the first two rounds and then went back to the the side where they were aggressive in free agency in the third and maybe fourth round. So I I know that's a heuristic. Maybe that's lazy on my part, but they've got a very clear pattern and I don't see any reason that that would break this year, especially with the way that things are kind of looking as far as value. Now, the other thing that could shake this up is that second round tight end you mentioned. And Mm -hmm. or or second round offensive lineman, if there's overwhelming value there based on their board, I could see them changing it up there a little bit if things don't line up, but could easily see two or three, but more likely to me, two defensive players to start the draft and then a swing back to the offensive side of the ball. Do you think it needs to be overwhelming value offensive line wise in round two? Because I I think, yes, 
I, I don't overwhelming. I don't like, I don't like it would have to be a clear, a clear, better player, like clearly higher on their board. Like if it's close, if it's a tie or something, I think again, tiebreaker goes to one of those defensive positions. When does the tie stop? Cause at some point it has to stop. So when? Uh, I, I think, it, I think by the time you get to the third round, you probably don't necessarily have those ties happening. Yeah. It's, it's probably clearer at that point, because a lot of times you'll hear teams and you'll talk to teams and they'll say, yeah, we had a clear second round on this guy that made it to us in the third round. And by that point, the, the mm-hmm. di- divisiveness or diversion of, of paths on different boards across the league, I think is enough that I don't think that that really happens as much, but I, yeah, I would say third round. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I'm more, I'm more on the offensive line side as, as we know it, but that being said, I think three defensive players is realistic. I could see a scenario where I'm just going to use him. If they take Logan Hall round one, could they go corner round two? Absolutely. All right, let's flip it. If they take Kyer Elam round one, could they go with the defensive lineman round two? I think that's pretty realistic based on what we've seen. And, and so if that happens in round three, is there a chance that an edge player is the best player available? Like, I, I think that's pretty realistic. I think there's a path for that. And so, yeah, I, I would say three. Four is pretty unrealistic because by then you're opening up the like in round four wide receivers at least on the table by then uh worst case tight end is on the table by then offensive line that might be the sweet spot actually for an interior lineman one of those guys might fall that you don't expect to fall so yeah i I think four is you know unrealistic three could happen too is is probably the most likely scenario but that's that's the fun part when you're especially when you're drafting late in rounds it's really unpredictable. I think even by round four, backup quarterback is on the table. We have a question about where we rank that need for backup quarterback and some other things. We'll continue our mailbag coming up next. If you want to look cool like Jake Lisko when he said juice, ah, that's just me trying to make fun of Jake Lisko for saying juice. Either way, you need to get to ShadyRays.com because Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you quality shades, high-end looking shades, that are quality made and going to hold up well for less. Don't spend hundreds of dollars when you can get Shady Rays. And by the way, Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection. For every pair, they're going to send you a brand new pair. If you lose them, no matter what happened, give them a try. And if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's that simple. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays exclusively for our listeners. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You're going to get 50% off two or more pairs of shades today. It's that simple. You go to ShadyRays.com. You're going to find two pair, probably more than two pair that you love. And when you check out, use promo code LOCKEDON. You're going to get 50% off. And it's not just two pair, 50% off three pair, four pair, five pair. Heck, you can buy Jake a pair and me a pair right now at ShadyRays.com. Promo code LOCKEDON to get 50% off. We're also brought to you today by Bet Online, your number one sports for all things betting info, betting stats, sports info, you name it. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including the basketball playoffs that I know James is watching keenly, and you may be too, as that's the most exciting thing happening in sports right now besides the NFL draft, as far as I know. And speaking of the NFL draft, they'll have all of your information for NFL draft props and more 
over on Bet Online, your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head over to the website today, learn about those trends in action, and bet online where the game starts. All right, James, let's uh, quickly jump ahead on the mailbag. We'll come back to Brian's question. But first, I tease the backup quarterback conversation because I think backup quarterback is on the table this year. You need to survive a game without Joe. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully the improvements on the offensive line prevent that from happening. But Caleb at OSU underscore Bengals wants to know where you rank the need for drafting a backup quarterback. It's low. Um, it's low. And, and and let me start with this because this is suddenly a thing. Um, I'll go the Bill Belichick route. He drafts a quarterback, develops him, and then sells him for more. What quarterback did he do that with? Jimmy Garoppolo? Oh, he spent a second rounder on Jimmy G and got a second rounder on Jimmy G. Uh, the the kid with the big arm out of Arkansas that came out the year, Ryan Ryan Mallett. Yeah, uh, he did not get his ROI, his return on investment on that guy either. So this idea that the Bengals should draft a guy with the idea of shipping him elsewhere is kind of asinine. Now, the idea of drafting a, a backup quarterback or a developmental backup quarterback, I love that idea, especially if there's someone in a bad class that the Bengals are higher on uh, than these other teams that falls to them. And, and so – I'm not going to say it's high on the priority list. I think tight end, wide receiver, um, everything, offensive line, of course, defense, we've talked about the priority there. All of these things rank ahead of it. Is, is it ahead of running back? Yeah, I would say so. I like the Bengals running backs, especially if they give Captain America Chris Evans some more run. Um, so probably not running back for me. Uh, punter? okay, quarterback's more important. So if you really like one of these quarterbacks and you think you can get them and develop them in round five, well, okay, I'm fine with you doing that and not taking a punter, right? So, uh, but but really, it, it's sort of low. Like, I don't want them considering a quarterback at 63. I'm sorry. I just, I just don't, unless they think he's like the number one player in the draft or something like that. And even then, the rest of the league doesn't feel that way. So what are you really going to get for him if you draft and develop him? So that, that's that's my two two cents on it. I didn't know that there was a school of thought going around that they should draft a quarterback with the intent to trade him later. Oh, that's it's a thing. It, it, and okay. it's not just among Bengals fans. It's like, oh, well, like, Bill Belichick's done this and it's smart. He, he actually Flynn, has never Matt Schaub. You got to draft a Matt, apparently. Right? The, I, it wasn't the Green Bay kid, Matt Flynn. Am I getting his first yeah, name right? Flynn. But they didn't trade him. He signed in free agency with the Seahawks. Like, that's. Oh, I thought they it, traded him. Okay. Mm mm. You know, so AJ I, don't, I don't believe they did. Bengals never pulled the trigger. Well, the Browns never pulled the trigger. I, I, I would, I would agree with you, James. I think it's low on the priority list, but I think that they might draft a quarterback. I'm not ruling it out entirely where last year, I don't think they were in a position to do so this year. I think they're in a position where the roster is a little bit more complete. And if they wanted to try to improve their backup quarterback position, I could see them doing it. But that's all I'm saying in the second round. No, that's crazy talk. Unless Desmond Ritter is still there. You know, in the second round, somehow. I'm Are you taking him? A, Are you taking him? I mean, you. I think have to consider Desmond Ritter at sixty-three. Yeah, I would agree with that. He won't I be mean, there, but I would agree. No, with that. no. Like this is an outrageous scenario, but if he is there, that's a 
probably great backup quarterback who is really polished in terms of a lot of the things he does, not as accurate as some of the other quarterbacks in the class, but he's a quarterback's quarterback, right? In the way that he's, he's been described by many former quarterback evaluators. And so I I don't think that it's happening before day three. I don't think it's necessarily happening at all, but I could see it happening. You're right, James. There are a lot of things that come higher on the priority list. You go on with Carson strong round five, EJ Perry round seven. I mean, zappy. Yeah. Whatever his first name is. Is, is it Bailey? Is that how you say his last name? I don't even know. Like Dane Brugler, I'm looking at his draft guy. He has 11 draftable quarterbacks. Like that's wild. That's low to me. Like it maybe it's not, not seen but, as a strong quarterback. Class. No. And I think the top, I actually think like Ritter and Willis, they're going to end up being pretty damn good. Um, maybe I'm wrong on that, but that doesn't mean there's a chance. Yeah. There's I, a chance I think Willis. Guys. I think there's and all right, this is a take, but this is fun with the mailbag. I think number 14 Baltimore Ravens, if they're not paying Lamar Jackson, they need to have a conversation about Malik Willis. But that's that's just me. I'm gonna be interested to see what quarterback the Pittsburgh Steelers draft. Desmond Ritter. No, nope, that's what's don't gonna like that. I, I I hate it, but that's what's gonna happen in from No, for they'll, they'll him, pick somebody else who's bad. Can he pick it? Ritter will work in Pittsburgh if he goes there. I think it'll be he pretty probably good. would. Yeah. Anyways, they, they've had a good track record of drafting quarterbacks from Ohio. Um, at least one guy. Uh, so who knows? Uh, Brian at B Artbo, and he's a loyal listener. Brian is shout out to him. What would be the move or moves that the Bengals can make that would make you one most excited to question what the hell they're doing? Earlier, I said that I think a tiebreaker between wide receiver and linebacker would go to linebacker, but I think heavily investing in linebacker in this year's class early, unless it's like, I I don't know, somebody falls after they trade back or something, but if they trade back, they already know who they're picking, I think, typically the way they operate. So linebacker would kind of make me question it. A second round running back. Oh. They they like to use second round picks on running backs. Come on, wouldn't like that, that would, very much. That would be wild. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, what the hell are they yeah. doing? A second round running back. I, I think that would that would do it. What would make me most excited is Zion Johnson somehow getting to 31 Ooh. in the Bengals drafting Zion Johnson instead of one of those defensive players that I think they would take. But Zion Johnson is a guy that they might might have a high enough grade on that fits what they look for in offensive linemen would not be an undraftable guy based on their thresholds. The way Kenyon green might be based on his shuttle or the way Tyler Linderbaum might be because of his size. I'm not saying those guys are off their board, but they might be in the first round. And so Zion Johnson would be a guy that would be pretty exciting at 31. And there are a lot of, Interior lineman, I should have meant to say that, like in the mid rounds, day uh, round three, round four, that would also be pretty exciting. But those are those feel like the distant future right now. James, what about you? Uh, well, the other thing that you would make you question what the hell they're doing is if they draft Matareza in the fourth round, that third round, you, fourth round. Yeah. Oh, that would be. Oh man, I would just put a live cam on Jake and watch him go off. Might be um, live. Might be live anyway. Might not need to go m- out of your way. Most excited, uh, trade their two sevens for Debo Sam. Oh, wait. What we're talking about, realistic. <laughs> um, 
Okay. Uh, realistically, what would get me the most excited is if like Jamison Williams or Chris Olave fell to 31 and they actually had the guts to pull the trigger because I would just be like, oh my God, like I would just be mind blown. I'd be as surprised as anything. I wouldn't think what the hell are they doing, even though I think a lot of people would. It would be like, all right, you stuck with BPA and he's clearly the BPA if you took him. Um, realistically though, what would make me the most excited is Tyler Linderbaum. And because I, I think it is Zion Johnson would make me excited too, but keep investing in this offensive line. It is not complete. The, the transformation is not fixed. And I hate that it feels like it, it isn't. And part of transforming this line and making a, a consistently good line is adding young talent. Um, what would make me the most, you know, what the hell are they doing? Oh, well, I'll tell you that on the other side. But first, a word from Built Bar, because what the hell are you doing if you haven't gotten on the Built Bar plan yet? Look, you've been watching or listening to Locked on Bengals for a while now. And if you're new, welcome. What the hell are you doing not listening and watching to us before now? Just kidding. But the Built Bar plan, the number one protein bar on the planet. I have a Built Bar each and every day. And whether you're looking for a post-workout protein punch or you just want a healthy snack midday, Built Bar is the snack for you. They're high in protein, low in sugar, low in calories, covered in 100% real chocolate. This isn't the fake stuff. So get to Built.com right now. Use promo code LOCK15 and you're going to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. What would make me the most mad, Jake, uh, as I teased that after I realized how late we were for our second break of the show. <sighs> it, not much early, right? Like not a ton. Like if they take a cornerback, I'm not going to be mad. If they take a pass rusher, I'm not going to be mad about it. Uh, what the hell are they doing? <sighs> I, I'm trying to think of really what would get me. I, I guess the punter too early. Like if you're taking a punter 95th overall, that would be wild. Um, but Actually, I know what it is because some of my best draft memories, I had to think about this, are, or, or worse, depending on how you want to look at it, are when I was really championing certain prospects and I knew they were going to be really good and they pass on them. And the one that always comes to mind is Tyron Matthew in the second round. They draft Tyler Eifert. was never going to be there. Tyron Matthew's available in the second round. And I'm like, oh, they're going to take him. This is going to be a home run draft. And they take Margus Hunt, Right. And so that would be it. Like, it's one thing to take Kyer Elam over Tyler Linderbaum. Like, okay, I can see that. Or Zion Johnson over Tyler Linderbaum. If they take, like, Bernard Raymond over Tyler Linderbaom or some, like, project guy, and, and there aren't many defensive players that, that I viewed that way, but it's like this project that I'm like, what are you doing? Like, that's ridiculous. And then it doesn't end up working out. It's going to really bug me. But it would bug me on draft day, too, if that makes sense. There aren't many projects that, that well, I view that way, but I think Raymond's one of them. Here's a couple of realistic recent scenarios. The Bengals draft Jackson Carmen. The Bengals draft uh, uh, 
Drew Sample. Wow, I forgot Drew oh. Sample's name for a second. Um, There's a reason you forgot his name. I, I know. I wasn't going to say it. But Juice, Juice Sample. Juice Sample, right. They drafted Juice Sample, and those were two picks. At, they, the opposite of Juice. The positions <laughs> weren't crazy, right? Like, drafting yeah. a tight end in the second round wasn't crazy. Drafting a guard in the second round wasn't crazy, but it's the, the, the full round reach. Or, or more in some cases. But, you know, you could say that about Marcus Hunt as well. Oh, Although yeah. Marcus Hunt wasn't, like some people did see him as a second round guy. I think it was a pretty big stretch to see yeah. Jackson Carmen as a second round guy. There might have been a few people, but mostly he was third or later from what I recall. Drew Sample was like a fifth round guy, fourth round guy yeah. that year. So that's what would, if, if they pull another one of those in the second round, and they have a history of being either, you know, boom or bust in the second round. Let's hope this is one of the boom years. Let me ask you this. Would, would this make you say, what the hell are they doing? Or would this make you excited? Or what would this make you? Um, I joked about the Debo Samuel thing, but the Bengals are in a similar situation with Jesse Bates. They're both former second round picks. Not that Bates wants a trade. I'm not saying that, but he needs to be paid. If that deal happens straight up, would you say, what the hell are they doing? They already have to pay T. Higgins and Jamar Chase down the line. Or would you be excited about the possibility of a trio, a quartet, I guess, of Boyd, uh, Debo, Chase, and Higgins? I don't think I would like it. I mean, I, I get why it would be exciting for the offense. But if you're trading Bates, I think that I would want to get a long-term asset back. And I don't know if Devo would actually be a long-term asset. Or if he is, then T isn't a long-term asset. And then if he is a long-term asset, can you pay Devo, who wants top-of-market money, and and Chase? And if you – like, I know that's down the road, but sure. Do, do, does the curious. coaching staff have the, the correct idea of how to deploy Devo Samuel and get the most out of him is another question. Right. And I think they're creative and I think they're a good offensive coaching staff. But Devo Samuel's a pretty unique player. And the way that he was used in San Francisco was pretty unique, too, which is why part of why they're at this this point in San Francisco. And so it's, it's not the return that I would be looking for for Jesse Bates. So it'd be a, more of a what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, I would fair. say so. I mean, maybe it comes with a Tyler Boyd trade as well. Right. Maybe those things go hand in hand and there's a multi-step deal happening there to but yeah, that that requires a lot of imagination. It, no, it does. And that's that's what's fun about the mailbag is sometimes at James Erpine yeah. has a question. You um, should follow that guy. He's pretty good. Loyal listener. <laughs> Let's do a few uh either ors to play your favorite game here. Love it. James is we've got a few of them in the mailbag. Greg Luther at Gregor09. If it came down to Kyer Elam. Andrew Booth, Kyler Gordon, and Logan Hall. How would you rank them? Well, actually, let's do either or. Pick one and then rank them on your draft board. Uh, of those four, give me Elam. I think he has the highest ceiling of all of them. And it's first round, give me ceiling. Um, that being said, who it's close because it's, it's Elam – Gordon and Hall are neck and neck. I like Logan Hall, I think, more than like the rest of Bengals fans everywhere. I think he's, you know, you, you just plug him in. He makes a lot of sense. You can address other stuff later. It's close. I would, I would say Elam, Gordon, Hall, and then Booth. And some of that, you know, has to do, we, do, we just don't know everything about Booth. Everyone you talk to 
loves loves what they see from Gordon. The four five two does it scare me a little bit, but not a ton. Like that's the thing. Can he play football? Or can he not? And I think he can. So I'll give him the edge there. And then Hall's third because the six six stuff is a little a little concerning because I, I want him to play edge a little bit, Jake. I don't want him to not play edge at all. So yeah, that, that would be my ranking. Elam. That's interesting. Cause I, I Gordon, don't want him to play Hall, edge. Booth. Sorry. No, say, say that again. No, but like part of the intrigue is his versatility, right? Like his versatility between the tackles, in my opinion, sure. cause he can line up inside and, and, and like we discussed yesterday, like maybe he can play end in some run defense situations. Sure. And, and but that's the thing. Like he would vault. Like if I was confident he could play end more than that, then he would he would yeah. probably surpass Gordon and maybe more, right? But then he also probably wouldn't be there at 31. So that's my ranking. What's yours? I think it's the same. Wow. Yeah, Hall and Gordon are close. Did you say Elam Gordon Hall or Elam Hall Gordon? Elam Gordon Hall. Yeah, I think it's the same. I, I don't think the Bengals are going to end up drafting Andrew Booth after discussing with Joe Goodberry today. He he pointed out to me, the Bengals have never drafted a first round corner that hasn't tested. So yeah. they, they brought him that's in for the top that's why 30. They met with him. Yeah. He might be a trade down guy for them. They, they, they brought him in to meet with him to see if they were comfortable, I think, and to do the medical evaluation. But the, the guy that fits their thresholds the best like to to a T, their their average corner drafted, he's a little bit slower. Is is Kyler Gordon? Except mm-hmm. Kyler Gordon moves better, like changes direction better. His quickness, yeah. Than than anyone they've drafted since like Leon Hall. Yeah. No. Another and, and, either or. Yeah, you have another one. Go ahead. Daniel Ferris at Daniel underscore Ferris thirty. Tyler Linderbaum's gone, James. I'm sorry, but Zion Johnson. Kyer Elam, Devontae Wyatt, Logan Hall. Who and why? Zion Johnson. It, it's all about letting Joe cook and dropping 50. And, and that's what I want to do. You notice how that number changed from 30 to 50. We're about to light up uh, some scoreboards in my mind. If I'm Brian Callahan, that's what I'm thinking, right? If I'm Zach Taylor, and that's why I'm like, give me a little Zion Johnson in my life. But I'll rank these guys. Zion Johnson, one. Kyer Elam, two. Um, then... It's it's still Hall. You, you know, I, I got to go with Hall, and then it'll be Devontae Wyatt. Sorry, Bengal Sands. I know you love Wyatt, but uh, he's fourth. I found I found Mike to be pretty persuasive yesterday, and I really like Logan Hall, and I, and he's younger, and I, I think the ceiling might be higher. But I agree with everything he said, except I, maybe Devontae Wyatt's ahead of Logan Hall today. Maybe he's not tomorrow. You know, that's kind of how that one's it's working tough. in my head right now. It, and the beauty of it is that there is some beauty in the odds of them having to make that decision are are slimmer because they're at 30, 31 rather. So there's going to be 30 guys that are taken ahead of them. The downside is they don't get their pick, right? But sometimes picking's hard. And if I was on the clock with those guys, it would be tough between Zion and Elam. I would take Zion. Tested great. I, I, I think if you, you give him – you put this young guard that's motivated, that is an elite athlete – with Frank Pollock and you let him go, that's how you become an offensive line factory. And that's what the Bengals need to do if they want to be, you know, dominant for the next decade with Joe Burrow. Worth noting with Zion Johnson that he tested better than a lot of people thought he would. So whether that athleticism shows up on the field, I, I don't no. know that it does to the degree that he tested. In fact, I'm I'm pretty certain it doesn't. He's he's like not terribly fast. 
especially pulling like out of his stance to get around when he pulls. I think the Bengals would pick Kyer Elam. Although Zion yeah. Johnson may be the overwhelming value for them at guard because he hits he hits all the marks for testing and he has good film. And if they took Elam, I wouldn't be mad at it. Like you, you just it's close enough, I, right? You know what would make me say what the hell though is if Zion Johnson's there and they take an Andrew Booth. Or if, if you know, if if Zion Johnson and Tether Linderbaum are there and they take insert defensive player that you feel like is like 45th. The the right? incomplete not, profiles or the reaches, yeah, those those are not gonna make yeah. you feel great. Yeah, so that that would be the the other side of it. But um yeah, man, I, I like the either ors. The either ors are fun. We're gonna have to incorporate those probably in every show going up to the draft. It's yeah. Fun. We'll, we'll we'll try to sneak him in. We'll have a lot of content next week, as we mentioned. So Duke Tobin talks to the press on Friday. So we'll cover that at some point for Sunday's show. We're going to get Zach Taylor talking to the media on Monday. So we'll talk about what Zach has, has to say ahead of the draft. In addition to that, we'll have a what will they do mock from me, a mock from James, a mock from Joe Goodberry, and... Our last show before the draft will feature Joe Goodberry and Bengal Sands coming to you with four box action ahead of the draft. And then, of course, juice. we'll have our... It's going to bring the juice, baby. A juice for everybody. Okay. Except then we'll Jake have our po- I'm going to get juice for all of the shows next week and just I'm gonna drink get it sauce. on camera. I'm going to get sauce. I'm going to eat a big-ass plate of spaghetti and meatballs on camera. All right. That... Sounds awful. Until next time, Bengals fans, hootay, and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.